Welcome to the My St Albans podcast. Local people talking about the local area and their lives. For licensing and copyright reasons, we're unable to include the music originally broadcast with this episode. Here's Matthew Big. And good evening and welcome to My St Albans, show number 15. Um, and today's guest is the, the wonderful, talented actor. Um, he has been in some amazing um, uh, on-screen stuff, small and large. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Vincent Franklin. Good evening, Vincent. Hello, Matt. Nice to talk to you. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, very well. I I didn't go through your portfolio of work because I don't feel I will ever do it justice. Um, but you've been in some amazing shows, both, as I said, TV and film. Um, do you want to just... That's very nice of you to say. I mean, I've been in some... Bits of crock of old rubbish as well. Let's not let's not pretend. <laughs> Do you want to just drop a couple of things in there? Oh, I suppose favourite things for me. It's well, it's really cool for my kids that I've worked with Matt Damon. Although that was a long time ago, and uh, and I don't do very much in it, but I did do the Born Identity. That's kind of cool. But really, the things I'm uh, that I am most excited was being in in the thick of it for a while because that became an institution. I still meet people now who just love that show in it and uh, and know it better than I do. Can quote the whole thing back at me. Um, and then Cucumber was really important to me. I thought that was a really brilliant script from Russell T Davis, and I had. Uh, nearly six glorious months in Manchester uh, making it with an amazing cast. And I think it was uh, a properly groundbreaking and heart-wrenching show, uh, but also very funny. So, yeah, those are kind of highlights for me. And, of course, I've worked a lot with Mike Lee. But, you know, if, you're, if your listener knows, but Mike Lee's kind of an improvised filmmaker that I've done uh, th- three films with. So um, I've been very lucky to have uh, to have made a living and to meet with and work with some pretty extraordinary and fantastic people, yeah. Yeah, no, I... Yeah, you you've done that portfolio of work so much better than I would have. I mean, look, I um, cucumber, I really like uh, you know Russell T Davis. Um, everything he does is just you know for me is is brilliant. Um, and yeah, I um, yeah, I, look. Firstly, thank you for coming on. Um, I'm very honoured that you said yes. <laughs> um, A pleasure. Secondly, honoured that you actually turned up. So thank you for that. <laughs> um, and. Uh, and yeah, we're, we're recording this show January 2021. Um, we're in we're in lockdown three, I think is its new title. Um, and it's not as good like all sequels. It's not as good, is it? Do you know what I mean? Not as good. You know, it's not as lockdown good. three. Yeah, lockdown one was good. Lockdown two. Yeah, lost its way a bit by lockdown three. None of us want to go and see it straight to video. Yeah, they're just they're just doing it for the money. They're just doing it for the money. Um, are you well though, Vincent? Are you all good? Yeah, you know, I'm very fortunate as, you know, you know, living in this uh, this town that we live in, uh, this uh, city uh, is a nice place to be if you have to be locked down somewhere. We've got parks and space we can walk about, haven't we? So we're very fortunate and I have my health and I'm in a way cheating uh, because I've got my, my eldest would be away at university and she's not. She's here with us. So actually, I'm getting a little sort of post Christmas bonus of having more time with my family around me. So although it's boring and I can't do the work I want to be doing. And I and it's a ter- it's, you know the NHS is under terrible strain and all of that. I completely and utterly take my hat off to all of them. And I'm in awe whenever I see doctors and nurses on the television talking about it. But from a personal perspective, it would be terrible for me to complain because I think relatively I have it pretty easy. Yeah, I think uh, we are lucky to be surrounded by the space that we have in the city. Um, and yeah, I always... I always say people ask me how I'm doing. I always say I'm I'm all right because I I know 
the the scale the other way is is yeah. not is not great. And even and even people like we you know we talk about the NHS workers a lot. Of course we do. But my uh, postman every day drops the post off out and about, walking about, taking that risk of being out there, and still always waves to me and smiles, and we say hello in the morning through the window. And I just think there's a lot of people in St Albans making it all work, and we need to be pretty grateful for the people around us who are allowing who are allowing us to stay in and isolate and try and protect the NHS. Yeah, no, no, good. Uh, uh, yeah, brilliant. Um, so it's a really simple show. Um, it's That's good because have... I'm a very simple man, really. I have seven questions um, and I believe you've got seven songs for us. So uh, should we get cracking? Yeah, let's do it. Brilliant. So um, you weren't born here, were you? You're not a local lad. So when when's your relationship with the city? When did that start? Well, uh, well, as you can probably tell from my vowel sounds, I'm a northern lad. I'm a Yorkshire lad. And um, I was living in London, as actors tend to do when they get, leave drama school and go and find work. You've got to be there because that's where the auditions were. So I was there and I got married and we had a baby and decided we needed to move out of London. And so we wanted to go north. And But we, we only came this far. This is as far north as we came. So... Um, my sort of thoughts of, of coming into uh, into St Albans for the first time. Well, first of all, we had a six-month-old screaming baby in the car with my mum and dad all packed into our tiny little car. And we parked in near Verulam Park at the bottom. And so the, almost the first thing I ever saw was that ridiculous heronry in the middle of the lake. I don't know if it, it's all kind of diminished now, but there was like thousands and thousands, it seemed, of these huge uh, birds perched on the end of tiny little branches and I thought this, and we had a massive park which we didn't have in London, and this lake. And then I walked up past the cathedral, and I thought, "Wow, this is another world." Because I was living in the edge of Harlesden in Wilsdon Junction in London, which was not like this at all. Um, uh, so that was my sort of first experience of it. That amazing market we came on a Saturday. There was that extraordinary market that we still we still have. Um, uh, yeah, so a, a, a heronry and a, and a market sold it to me in the, to begin with. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, it's um, it's great living in a market town. I I one of my favourite times actually is is to go through the market either when they're setting up or when they're closing down. Yeah. Just the the. the my life. dad's a market trader, so I love all that. Oh. That's my background. My dad was a market trader in Bradford, and uh, so I love a, a market. I love that clank of the of the poles as they're putting stuff away. And as they're getting stuff out and the fact that at the end of the day, you can buy, you know, a box of figs for a quid or whatever. My mum would always yeah, do yeah. her shopping at that part of the day. I think it's great. And I think it's one of the sad things is, you know, as we lose the commerce from St. Albans for all sorts of reasons that, you know, we need to cling on to those things that stop us just being like every other town within a 30 mile radius of London. And our market um, and our heronry, you know, are, are, are two of those things that, that stop us just becoming a homogenous, bland town. Yeah, they they differentiate, I think, from other places. I think, and I, I, you know, when we, you know, friends come to St Albans, they, you know, they walk around and go, "Oh, it's brilliant! I love this, I love that," and they're the bits we have to we have to hold on to. Um, so yeah, let's keep that market going. Um, yeah, your I have to say, I'm, I've been privileged to your your songs before you your your song choices before you came on, and you've got some brilliant ones. What? Let's go for your first one. What have you got for us today? 
Well, I've got to say this is a bit left field for a lot of people, but this is a song where I think I, would, I love lyrics of songs. I love the words in a song as well as a tune. And this song just makes me cry. I think it's a brilliant song. It's a song sung by a woman to another woman. And it's very rare that you have songs that are sung by one person to another person about a third person, if that makes sense. And it's a woman pleading, um, really, for her love. And I just really love it. It's also by a fantastic woman um, who just rules her own life and bosses it. It's it's Dolly Parton uh, and it's Jolene. I know, bear with me. I think you'll really love it. And that was Jolene by Dolly Parton. Um, that's a great start. That's a great start. Um, what a great tune. Thank you for that. Um, so welcome back to My St Albans on Radio Verulam. Um, and we're with Vincent Franklin today. Um, so, uh, Vincent, um, if you can, sum up St Albans in three words. When you asked me to do that, I found it really difficult. And I found myself just being a bit sarcastic initially, because I think it kind of, you know, because as a northern lad, there's a, I have a natural bitterness to the place I now live and love because I kind of think it's also comfortable down here. So I, I, my first thought was to say uh, my three words were a bit smug. And then I thought that won't go down well. And it's not really true because I do also love it here. I think so. The three words that are important for me and what make it different are, I think, historic has got to be one of those words. The fact that we have, you know, the Roman uh, museum there and if you've never been I when I first went I thought those little tiles I thought, oh, they said there's going to be some mosaics and I thought it would be you know half a dozen bits of broken crockery and you, crockery, and you can <laughs> just about make out that it's possibly a woman's foot if you looked but they're these huge rooms these beautiful magnificent colourful um almost almost too colourful I and mean, they ping out at you to, to the extent that you almost don't think they're real you know are quite extraordinary I think the history of this town is fabulous um and also that you can still you know we live near the river and we can still pick a brick out of the river and somebody a friend of mine who's who's uh, much more historically minded than me said oh yeah that's probably a Roman brick there's loads of them lying around in this river the fact that it's all around us that the cathedral is made out of bits of the Roman town and then when that was knocked down, bits of Gormanbury were using some of those bricks. You know, I just think it's brilliant. So historic's one of them. Excuse me, Matt, to it waxing a bit rhapsodic. Oh, uh, yeah, historic. Yeah. I think comfortable is one of them. I think we can, you know, with the fact that we have all this green space and that we have, uh, we can get in and out easily. You know, it's a very comfortable place to live. And which does lead me, I'm afraid, to my third, which is smuggish. I had to go with that a bit because I think St Albans is perhaps a little, a little bit, we know we're on the edge of, of, of Watford, we're on the edge of uh, Essex, um, but um, and uh, and we seem to feel that we're a bit special and a bit rarefied sometimes. I slightly worry about that. You know, we have this Thames link that takes us into London, but we very rarely go east or west from here. Do you know what I mean? We just kind yeah. of... Um, so I'd like to think we were a bit... We, I'd love us to, you know, my kids go to a school uh, out towards Watford, and I think, like, I'd love us to kind of travel in other directions. So I say with a huge pinch of salt and not wanting to make anybody really cross with me, don't hit me in the street. But it is a little bit of a smug town sometimes, a little bit pleased with itself. Is that terrible to have said, Matt? No, no, I, I <laughs> love that answer. I love that answer. And I think one of the, one of the things um, when you, you ask questions like this is everyone's answers are sort of slightly different and people's take on it. Is, is slightly different I think um, and I love that I, I I love the word comfortable as well and I think you're right I think um, you know we I feel lucky I think in terms yeah. of the space that we have around I do feel really lucky especially um, in the last you know year um, I probably appreciated that 
comfortable place more than ever um that we you know we don't come out of our front door and it's all concrete um you know we you don't have to walk too far to go oh my god this is amazing <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely and we're surrounded by some lovely countryside if you walk out you know beyond uh, out towards Batchwood or you go out you know on the road out to uh, the path out to Gormanbury you go yeah. up past uh, uh, if you go sort of southeast from here you go onto those lanes out towards uh, Hemel is really lovely you know there's there's so many lovely places just on the outskirts so if you live near the middle of this town you can even just walk around the lanes in the middle of town it's pretty pretty attractive yeah. and if you live towards the outskirts you're not too far into somewhere that's that's worth a good romp you know worth a good get your boots on and put your coat on and uh, go and walk for a couple of hours. Uh, it, it is not the Yorkshire Dales or the Lake District, but it's definitely worth a, um, a stomp. Yeah. Yeah. No, good. Good answer. Um, and yeah, that moves us beautifully on to uh, song number two, uh, a bit of Bowie, I think. It is. And actually, you've just handed me a really nice link because I've said we should look a bit further afield than where we are. And there's really not a... a uh, a, a singer who does that more than Bowie, who kind of looks. He, he, we used to call him David Bowie, and then after he died, it became Bowie. Do you remember that moment where we yeah, realised yeah. it was now it's now Bowie? Anyway, um, I remember Bowie when I was a kid because we had a, my dad had a cafe when I was really little before he became a market trader, and we had a, a chef that used to work with him or a cook that used to work with him, really, who was older and cooler and had a scooter and listened to Bowie, and that's when I first heard it because he played it. And then I did a play at the National Theatre a few years ago called This House, which was set during the hung parliament of the mid-1970s, the Labour and uh, Tory whips office is what the play was about. And the play was packed with David Bowie. So I started listening to it again and remembering how brilliant it is. So what I've chosen um, is Life on Mars, which is about as good as Bowie gets. And that was uh, Life on Mars uh, by David Bowie or David Bowie, depending on uh, where you come from. I it's think. a new line for that song now, isn't it? You say potato, I say potato. Yeah. You say Bowie, I say Bowie. Yeah, I think he, um, you know, I, <clears throat> I've been a fan of his for a while, actually, but I think he he's gained more fans since he tragically left. I think if, you know, more people have appreciated him after the event. Uh, is that fair to say? I think so. Yeah, I think I think it probably is. It's also, I mean, my son, um, my son is a musician he's in a band. Actually, they're working on a single at the moment called The Replies. St Albans Band, look out for them, folks. They would be gigging if they could. And even he, who's kind of into music that's much more obviously contemporary than the music I listen to, but he doesn't mind a bit of Bowie. I think he's one of those people that he's a musician's musician as well as being really popular. I think you know people really like him, and also he's always of the time he was playing. And you listen to his music, and it changes over the yeah. years as he gets into the eighties. And you know, I I particularly love the seventies stuff. And you know, I think uh, Stardust and uh, Hunky Dory are two of the best albums ever made. But actually, he did change. He wasn't like somebody set in stone. So, like all good artists, he he moved with times and changed what he was doing. And uh, yeah, and I think as a result, he's always really relevant. Yeah. No. Good. Good. Um, so question number three, um, maybe, you know, it's a, a tricky question, but who is your St Albans hero? Actually, it wasn't, it is a tricky question, but it's easy to answer. And bizarrely, I'm looking out my window now and my St Albans hero is actually walking past. So that's brilliant. Um, it could have been my postman, actually, because I think he's uh, he's really friendly, despite, you know, middle of March, middle of February, middle of October, he's still the same friendly bloke who gives you a wave and 
does that trudging. But it's actually Dave. Uh, if you live on uh, in my end of town, you'll know that Dave has the sunny stores on Prospect Road. It used to be a post office. And we used to go in there when we first moved here. And like I say, we had a small baby and then we had another one soon after. And he used to come round the counter to, to come and talk to the kids. Was always free to hand out a little lollipop or a chew. Always knew about you. Always asked about you when you went in. And now, obviously, many years later, and it's no longer a post office, though the stores is still there. I see him mainly walking his dog, and he always waves and asks out about you. And everybody in this end of town would know Dave, and I can't imagine anybody uh, not really warming to him. And every community needs a Dave. People at the heart of it who just hold it together like glue, who ask about your kids, who joke and smile and do those jobs that we sort of take for granted, but do them a little bit better than we deserve to see them done. Oh, wow. I don't know, Dave. I don't live in your neck of the woods, but I feel that I'd like to know him. He, he. I should point out, Dave, I don't think he knows Dave is his real name. He's just always referred to as Dave. You know, um, it's, he's a legend, which is the great thing about a legend. His name is Dave. That's the legend he's yeah. given, like good Western stars. You know, they have a name that may not be their real name, but that's the legend by which they're known. And it's great, you know, it's people, it's the community aspect, isn't it? It's just people within the community that just do good stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, brilliant. Oh, oh, I need to meet Dave, I think. I need to come down, meet him. Um, so, yeah, sorry, moving, moving on. Uh, song number three, what have you got for us? Well, this uh, this is a song. Uh, uh, I'm a big fan of Jules Holland. Um, not so much the Hugmanet, because my, my mum got very upset a few years ago when she realised that his Hootenanny is recorded not on New Year's Eve. She thought all those people were there live and it spoiled it for her. But I really love that big band sound. I'm a really terrible trombone player. I used to play in Holroyd Methodist Young Person's Brass Band, just to show you my northern credentials when I was a young lad. Um, and I love uh, uh, when brass kicks into a big band sound. Um, but I also love him uh, when he has fantastic artists that he works with. And this is one of the best. Um, and if you want to get going and you want to feel good, this song really does it for me. So this is Jumping in the Morning. It's a slightly edited version for the radio because there's a slightly rude word, I think, somewhere in it. But it is a cracking song and a cracking voice. And that was Jumping in the Morning by Jules Holland. Um, yeah, that's a good song. I like that. I like that. Um, welcome back to my St Albans on Radio Verulam. Um, we're with the uh, wonderful Vincent Franklin today. Um, how are we doing, Vincent? All good? Yeah, doing good. It's really a real. It's really lovely being asked to choose some songs. Um, it, it's just a really. The, your, I mean, your questions are terrible. I hate asking, answering <laughs> questions, and I think everything I say is stupid. I don't mean you're terrible for asking them. I just think you ask them, and I say something daft. But actually, being allowed to choose some songs is brilliant. I think. Um, Obviously, in your you know nature of the what you do as a as a day job, I think um, you probably get put in front of uh, people who ask you questions and you know probably ask you uh, a million times what Matt Damon was like and and all these things. And uh, one of the things that I found with this show is people will go because it started out as uh, asking questions and people go, okay, yeah, I like that question, deserve. But people get a little bit more passionate and animated about the song choices, which I'll be honest, when we when we came up with the idea of this show, that was kind of the secondary element. Why don't we get the right. guests to pick their own songs? But now it, it's the songs that I look for first. And as I said, your list is amazing. Like everyone goes for the songs and then go, oh, I've got to ask some questions about St. Albans as well. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So let's get back to the questions on that note. Um this is my favourite one, actually. Uh, 
What what is your hidden gem in St Albans? That's a re- it's a good question. When you, you said you were going to ask me that, I, I gave it a, a lot of thought because I think St Albans has really been trampled on quite a lot. Do you know what I mean? I think that it's uh, so hidden gems are hard to find. Um, I, I like shops that really know what they're doing and do it quietly and well and aren't part of chains. So I, I, I think I've said this to people before when they've asked me similar things. I love uh, Bongiorno, the Italian deli, uh, because I, it feels like a proper genuine shop that knows what it does and does it really well. And uh, in the same vein, I really love Bilex on Verulam Road, which is an electrical supply place. And when I've been doing work on this house and I've needed cable or socket pieces or whatever, you know, or tools and all sorts of stuff, you go in there and they've got it. And they can tell you stuff about it. It's not like going to some big chain DIY shop and, you know, just having to find what you want from a, a massive rack of, of options. So I like those. Um, I love, um, so those are my, would be my kind of hidden gem shops, you know, use shop local and shop independent. Of, and it is a cry of, uh, I know of the, of the modern town centre. But um, I love the the watercress beds. Um, as well I think that was it's not that well hidden and, and I feel bad talking about it because they want leaving alone a little bit because it's a, a wild you know nature reserve but the watercress beds that have been restored and again by the community that live around them up you know um, on the edge of the uh, it's, it's, if you've never been you just take a little detour off the uh, the Verulam way and you're you're into the watercress beds they were really important in the Victorian period. They provided watercress that we took on the train into London and sold to expensive restaurants. And then they became a, a mess. And then a local community group got together and restored it. And it's now a very beautiful place to just wander quietly round and, and hear the sounds of nature really right in the middle of the city. So that would be, I suppose, for me, uh, my, my hidden gem. There's also a hidden gem that isn't there, which is at the top of the watchtower. If you go halfway up or two thirds of the way up, there's a little picture of something that used to be on the top of the watchtower, which is from the Napoleonic Wars, which is a sort of set of of, leave, of mirrors, almost on a, if you're, um, a huge set of mirrors that would be on a louver, on a kind of um, on levers, so they would um, so you could flash them, and these would be used. There were loads of these stations on high points between. Uh, Norwich, where the fleet were up on the, on the coast of Norfolk there, and London. And the Admiralty could get a message using these like almost like flashlights to send messages back and forth, quite complicated Morse code type messages, but it's obviously pre-Morse code, could apparently get a message there and back in something like 40 minutes. So when you think about that in kind of the early 19th century, of being able to convey messages by these mirrored flashlights uh, on tops of tall points from London right the way up to up to Norfolk, that's a really brilliant, brilliant hidden gem at the top of the watchtower. Oh wow, um, I didn't know that that story. That's an amazing story. Um, I think when you say watchtower, the I know it's the clock tower. Is clock tower, yeah. I'm sorry, I think yeah. it is a clock tower. I'm, I'm see that's how my why my hist- history falls flat. I suppose <laughs> I think of it as a watchtower simply because it being used like this. I think of a watchtower being about protecting yeah, the town. But you're yeah, right, it's yeah. the clock tower. But on top of there, and they were like on levers, and you could sort of send messages, and oh. that just things like proper you know that's uh, uh that's an extraordinary piece of technology way before we had uh, you know because now you know as you were saying brought our broadband goes down you know and I, I dare say occasionally it was foggy and they couldn't get a message across but being able to send complicated messages up to north up to norwich via st albans in 1800 it's pretty impressive yeah i love that story i really do and and you know when you talk about shops i i Belux, i think you know that for me, what I love about that shop, and that's my go-to shop, very similar, you know, if I need light bulbs or anything that 
I don't, you know, I don't want to go to some out of town warehouse where I have to literally do a half marathon to, you know, find a screw. Do you know what I mean? I, with, yeah. with them, you go in and what, do you know what I love about that is that it's got wooden floors. It just reminds me of how shops used to be. And it, you know, they could put like modern stuff in there. I'm sure they've got loads of modern, you know, stuff you can buy, but it's just the, the wooden floors and the, you know, the smell. And the, yeah, I love, uh, I love My that. My kids stuff. laugh at me when I go though, because I do that thing when I'm in an area where I feel a bit threatened or my masculinity feels threatened, like I don't know quite much, as much about doing electrics on our house as I ought to do. I just become really Northern. I, when I go in places, like, like when I go to the garage, I do the same. Take the car in. I always go, yeah, it's something wrong with alternator, mate. I'm not sure what. And my kids are just laughing at me. You've become so <laughs> Northern. It's, what, it's my go-to place when I feel my masculinity is threatened. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I can definitely resonate with those uh, those stories. I have, a, I have a couple of boys who love laughing at me. Um, <laughs> um, moving on, uh, what's your next song? Oh, well, this we're coming a little bit more up to date. I was going to say right up to date, but I've realised it's probably about 10 years old now, getting on for that. Um, most of my choices are, are, are old stuff, but I stumbled across these people and thought I'd stumbled across a band that nobody else had heard of until my kids pointed out to me, they're internationally famous, Dad, you're a loser. Um, uh, but they have, And they have lots of great songs. It was difficult to choose one from them. Uh, so it's the Killers um, who are um, uh, who continually reinvent themselves and split up and come back together again and do things on their own. Uh, but Mr. Brightside is about as good as a modern poppy rock song gets, I think. And wow, that was Mr. Brightside by The Killers. Um, I've been lucky enough to see them live, I think, a couple Have of you? times. Yeah, and, you know, I think there's bands that are good and there's bands that are just unbelievable live. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they, <clears throat> and they are an unbelievable live act. They, yeah. you know, he Flowers he, is a real showman, isn't he? He really he's is. A, he's a front man for me since Freddie. I think he, yeah. And then that song comes on, and it's it's a favourite of my wife's as well. And you can't help but go a bit crazy and dance like a fool. I quite yeah. like that song. Uh, so thank you for that, um, Vincent. Um, what's what's your perfect St Albans day? Oh, do you know, I've, I've thought about this long and hard. My day would have to be really packed because there's so many things I'd want to do. Um, so here goes. I'm going to do my best, OK? We're very fortunate where I live. I have the river at the bottom of the garden. And so it would definitely be, it would obviously be a sunny day. And I'm going to assume we know we're allowed to talk to other human beings again and, and meet up with them. It's the perfect weather. You can hug people. Exactly. It's, it's like old times. How brilliant. So I would definitely take a cup of coffee because I am a coffee fiend down to the river to begin with. And I would watch the river at the bottom of our garden for a minute. And I would hear the cathedral bells and the and the clock tower, whatever, chiming and the other bells that you hear sometimes in the distance around St. Albans from the other churches. And I'd hear those and I'd watch the river. And ideally, the kingfisher who occasionally comes past would whistle past. And that would be the perfect start of the day for me. And then there's got to be a stroll. I'd probably go out to Gormanbury with my wife and we'd probably borrow a dog. Because uh, we haven't got a dog, but we have got people that have. We've got a neurotic rescue cat, so we can't have a dog yet. And we're the only people I know who don't have dogs. It's you know, once the kids grow up, you need a surrogate kid, dog. Um, we haven't got one yet, so we take a dog with us. And then I'd need another coffee, and I go into town for that. I think um, lots of places in town that do coffee. There's so many. I think there's about four coffee shops per re- resident in town now. We've got so many to choose yeah. from, but one of the little ind- independent ones, ideally, because 
shop local folks. Don't give your money to people who don't pay the tax. Um, and I love a bookshop. I'm mad about books. As you know, I write, I write as part of what I do. I wrote with Alex Johnson, who I know you've interviewed uh, in the past. Uh, I've written with him um, a book, uh, uh, Menus That Make History. Uh, Menus That Made History, still out there and available, and available in the Books on the Hill. Great new bookshop. How fantastic to have an independent bookshop. I'd have a stroll around there and some charity shops too. I love a charity shop. I'm so glamorous. Um, uh, then I'd probably have a little bit of lunch. There's the, that vegan cafe in the yoga place. I'm I'm not vegan. But then I'm I'm not Indian, but I love an, an Indian restaurant too, you know. Um, in fact, curry would be my favourite menu after Christmas Day, Christmas dinner, really. Uh, it would be market day. So I'd have a look around the market. I'd bump into a couple of mates and we'd be able to shake hands and hug each other and uh, chat without having to wear a helmet to keep us protected. Um, I'd buy lots of fruit off the market and some cheese, that brilliant cheese shop. Uh, that's because that's for tomorrow because obviously I'm eating out today because it's my perfect day. Uh, back home through the park, uh, a Mr. Whippy. Uh, oh, but obviously you've got to shop around for your Mr. Whippy ice cream because there's two different vans. One of them charges ridiculous prices, folks. Do shop around before you buy. One of them is very reasonable. One of them is too expensive. I'm not going to say which is which. Uh, then I'd have an hour in the garden with a book because it's nice and sunny. I love books I'd have a, and I'd probably have a snooze but pretend I haven't had a snooze and then I'd be out to the Odyssey I love going to the cinema I'm never disappointed going to the cinema and I'd probably either see a bit of rubbish you know the superhero 17 return of the revenge of the mega brain dinosaur mutant robot nonsense um, or a brilliant Pixar film they're my favorite films of all time but probably because I'm going with my wife we go and see a nice classic um, the apartment or some like it hot something like that table downstairs feels like a treat so that's what we do and then I go to Lussman's um because I really like uh dining there sorry to advertise a local firm but I, it's a lovely place to go and have something to, to to eat and it feels like you're not taking the mickey out of the planet while you're doing it uh and I'd um maybe two starters and a, and a main course instead of starter main course pudding I know that's not conventional but it's my perfect day and I'm a sucker for starters they they're much better than puddings uh, from my perspective Maybe calling it the White Tap on the way there between the uh, between the Odyssey and Lussman's White Tap for a pint. That would be nice, um, especially if you can sit out in the garden and enjoy a pint with other people and that noise again, noise of people being around the place. Uh, some twinkly lights as it's beginning to get dusky. That would be good. Um, and then after we've had a nice meal, I'd walk back via the cathedral. It's all lit up at night, particularly when it's the summer, so it's still a bit light. And I'd come back and I'd light some candles in the garden down by the river and maybe have one last coffee with my wife uh, before we turn in. How does that sound? Oh, my. Oh, my. What a day. What a lovely day. I'm going to pick up a couple of things. Number one, Gormbury, I don't think gets talked about as much as it should i know people who have lived in Saunders years who don't know what is up there um i think it's it's yeah i love that area um books on the hill to have an independent bookshop arrive um in you know in in the world of digital which we we live in i think is brilliant and i think yeah. that should be supported hard hard i love just Mooching you nearly said half You nearly said that should be supported half-heartedly, and you meant wholeheartedly. I hope. I hope wholeheartedly. <laughs> yeah, and I think I, the thing that I like about it is, you know, you can just mooch around in there. You know, you can just wander yeah. and look, and 
you know, not have a purpose. And that I think is beautiful about shopping is that you just go in somewhere and have a look without going, well, I've got to go. I've got to get something. You don't with that shop. I, I love that. Um, and also that's the problem the other with online shopping as well. Is it's great for finding the thing you know you want. But other than that, it's just an algorithm telling you that if you've bought this thing, then you might like that thing. There's no serendipity. You know, there's no kind of stumbling across things. And, you know, most of the great things that happen in our lives are things we stumble across while we were doing something else. You know, the, yeah. the moment you get caught in a we were in New York a few years ago for the first time. The only time I went to New York, we took our family and we were going to go to a museum and we went to get on the underground. And I was with my kids who were say were much younger then. And then there were and there was a quartet, the Harlem Quartet were playing Bach on the on the platform. And we stood and my son stood with me. I remember him being so entranced by this thing. And it's those things that catch you on the way to doing something else that make life brilliant. If we're just about achieving thing A and then moving on to thing B, that ain't a life worth living, really. Yeah. God, that was no. a bit, sorry, that was a bit philosophical, but I stand no, by yeah. it, I think. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. And I think you're, you're, you, the end of the day, I think, Odyssey, look, I, I'm, I, I'm on my other uh, projects, I part of the film festival. Um, and yeah, that Odyssey has, has a, a, um, a lot of history with me and I, I love the people that um, uh, work there. I love what they try and do. And I, th- I think it's to have that in St Albans is that we're very, very, very lucky. Um, and also, uh, look, Lussmans, I think um, I know Andre not that well, but I know Andre and I think what I like about what he's done with that restaurant business is that he had an idea and he stuck with it and it is one of the best restaurants in St Albans. Yeah, of course, the other restaurants are available. You're quite right. But um, it's um, and actually I was I was taught, caught between going there and to Chez Montage, which is a strange idea of French Indian fusion food. Um, and if you're used to going to what, you know, I'm a Bradford lad. So, of course, I always think we know how to make the best curries, my mates in Bradford. And, and it's and it's certainly pricey by comparison to just going out for a curry, as we might have done. But the quality of food in there is extraordinary. We are spoiled for good restaurants, you know, yeah. and um, and good, as we say, local independent restaurants, not just, you know, the 25th in a, in a chain of average restaurants. Yeah, no, we are. We are. We've got some amazing restaurants in uh, St. Albans. We are lucky. And um, pubs, yeah, White Hart. I like that. Good. The uh, the tap is a good pub. Good pub of choice there. It's a nice pub. It's a pub. I, I chose it because it's where I'd go if I was with my wife. I'd go without my wife as well. Don't get me wrong. Um, yeah. My If I was going for a sort of dirty pint after playing snooker on a, on a, a, a Wednesday night, which I do uh, with a group of lads, I'm more like to pop into the Farmer's Boy which uh, which is a more of a kind of uh, I don't know it's a kind of uh, 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 it feels to me more like a, an old fashioned northern pub actually a bit more at home uh, but I think that the White Hart Tap has that nice little garden at the back and they're both good pubs and uh, both got uh, both serve good beer yeah we're lucky we are lucky with our pubs um, a little bit of Beatles for us next what have you got well yeah I know I'm a man of a certain age although actually I'm really uh, uh, too too young to really say I can claim the Beatles as part of my childhood. I think you know, uh, but they just uh, they just got to be on everybody's playlist, haven't they? I don't ever um, I don't ever go a, a fortnight without putting some album by the Beatles on. And I, I said at the beginning I really love great lyrics, and so while it's not their perhaps their most famous song, um, I think the lyrics of this song are just fantastic. 
So uh, it's the Beatles and it's Eleanor Rigby. And that was Eleanor Rigby by the Beatles. Um, and welcome back to my St Albans on Radio Verulam. And um, we're with Vincent Franklin today. Um, so, Vincent, here's your chance. Here's your chance. You get to change the city. So if you were mayor for the day, what would you do? Well, obviously, the first thing I do is resign because I'm not up to it. But I've taken this as an opportunity. I'm not, I've not taken literally the office of mayor, if that's all right, because clearly they have, you know, they have to get things through councils and stuff. So I've just sort of gone, if I was king for the day, if that, excuse me, and I could just make it happen. Um, this is what I'd like to do. Um, and you're going to say, well, of course, you've chosen to do this because you're an actor and it's, therefore it just plays into your territory. But I think we need a really proper theatre centred art centre in this town, right in the middle of the town with a fantastic bar at the front. I worked, worked at Harrogate Theatre for a long time as an actor and a director. And our, we were right in the heart of that town. And we had a bar, two bars that were open all day and served lunches. And people who wouldn't even think about coming to the theatre came in for a toasty and a pint at lunchtime and stuff. It became part of that community, not a rarefied thing apart. You've got to be in the middle of a town for it to work. So I'd love to take over one of those big retail establishments in the middle of town that closed down and build a, a theatre inside it and a small studio space somewhere that the, uh, where bands can play. And uh, but also make sure it's got some good food and some good beer that people want to come in and hang about and have a good time. I'd love to think we could invest maybe in having a small professional group of actors. I worked in repertory theatre as a young man and they they like a football team bring a town together. When I was say, at Harrogate for a few years, I'd bump into the people in the street and they'd say, oh, we saw you in such and such last week. What are you doing next month? And you became the local football team. And I think that's a really brilliant thing because we've got to find a use for the middle of our town. So I'd love to do that and turn it into a really jumping kind of place. And I think that would also tie other things together because I know if you have a restaurant and you think another restaurant opens up next door to you, that's competition. And it is, but but it's also a way that you become the restaurant part of town because you're where all the restaurants are. So people come there. And if we had that in the town, I think it would also mean that little spaces like the little art centre that's next to the library would, you know, would become part of that. We'd go into town to go and have a beer, go and see a show, go listen to a band. It would be great to be able to do that. So I would take over one of those big old department stores that nobody wants that's knocking about and being turned into hotels and turn it into a art centre for this town. Good answer. Good answer. I Look, I, I, I'm in the creative industry and I think there, there's not enough... Uh, no, look, we can't get too political, but there's just not enough when it comes to, you know art and culture and you know letting just a place where people can just be creative you know yeah um we need more of that we need more of that um we do and things like the film festival is is great and um but but all of those things become easier when you become a town that's known for it what do we want to be known for you know what do we want people to say oh yes and albans that's the roman town and the town that does lots of great gigs and plays and stuff because i know we have that big barn of a of a place where the panto and, and bob golding does really great pantos there at christmas but the rest of the year it's a sort of mishmash of odd shows that comes on a few good comedians and stuff it isn't a place where you think i go every month and see what they've got and that's what good art centers do and certainly when i've worked in the in, in other towns that's what it's been like people who just come the first Thursday of every month to whatever you've got going that month. And I'd love to think we could have something like that in St Albans. It would mean our town, you know, our restaurants and stuff 
at, at night the town would be transformed into something really exciting so i I'd, I'd, I'd you know of course that's a it's a dream and i'm not saying we can make it happen but it would be great if we could well some dreams do come true vincent some dreams do come true so uh i'll um if there is a Sounds like a song. That sounds like a cue for a song, but I haven't chosen any songs that have dreams coming true in them. There is a vacancy for King for the day, uh, an upgrade on there. I'm going to put you down uh, because, yeah, I think uh, it'd be great to have uh, a little bit more focus on our creative industries. Um, Song number six. What have you got for us? Oh, uh, number six. Uh, yeah, this is this is absolutely uh, back to what I, one of the first songs I remember hearing on the radio when I was little. And it's a band that you only need to hear the first bar of anything they've ever done. And you know it's them. Um, it's T-Rex and Children of the Revolution. And that was Children of the Revolution by T-Rex. Um, that is a great song. That yeah. is a just brilliant song. Um, so yeah, thank you for choosing that. I haven't heard that for a long while. Uh, that and it's one of those songs when you hear it, you're immediately back in the in the early seventies. There's no, yeah. you know, it's just trans. You know, it's one of those songs that takes you to a different place and opens up memories just so brilliantly for me. Yeah, um, God, we're coming to the end, almost there. Um, our final our final question for this evening, Vincent, is. Uh, um, what what what's your future hold? What what what's going on? What have you got planned? Well, what we've we got planned, we're we're all in a strange place, aren't we? Um, I'm about to hope uh, in a, in a month or so to go off and do more gentleman Jack. Uh, go off and be the man that owns and bosses people around Halifax for a while. Um, I'm looking forward to doing that. When we went into the first lockdown, I was just about to open a show in London called um, Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike, which is a very funny uh, American play. Um, and we are still hoping to do that. So I'm hoping at some point, maybe this year, to go back into London and do a, a, this really brilliant American uh, comedy about middle-aged siblings. Uh, as you probably, it sounds like a strange title because they're all um, their names from uh, famous uh, Chekhov plays. And very early on, it's explained that their parents were into amateur dramatics and named their children um, after these characters. But, but bizarrely, they all bear some resemblance to those famous characters. Uh, but you don't need to have seen that uh, those Chekhov plays to get to see this play. This is just a brilliant play about what happens when 50-year-old uh, or mid-50s uh, siblings are falling out and squabbling and how they find out what matters to them. It's a great, really brilliant play. Uh, I'd love to get back to do that. Um, I'm also hoping to do some more writing. I wrote, as I said, a book called The Menus That Made History, about which I love the idea that little things in history can have uh, show us a really amazing insight into them into the world so you know we know for instance that the the dow jones index is directly related to the length of women's skirts did you know that i did not know that yeah well it's it makes sense when you think about it in times of of when the dow jones is up and times of plenty skirt lengths get shorter because we want to have a good time and uh, so in the 1920s shirts gets get shorter and again in the 60s they get shorter and then in times when the dow jones is going down when when economies are struggling uh, skirt lengths get longer so the 1970s, you think the skirts got longer and more flowing. There's a direct correlation that people have talked about. I mean, it's kind of funny. But what I love about that is just the idea that little things in history, and we chose some menus, can ref- tell you a lot about the world in which people were eating this kind of food. So we wrote that book, and I'm, I'm interested in writing a- another book and also a comedy book I'm working on about the wisdom of a northern cart horse, a kind of cartoon book, because I love all those self-help kind of 
jolly cartoons that say, you know, we should love each other and protect each other. And I think they all, you know, and I think they're lovely, but they also make me in my northerness go, yeah, get real. So I want to write one that's a kind of get real book um, uh, um, uh, rather than a sort of jolly um, life is life is gay. And as long as we all take care of each other, we'll be all right. I want to have one that sort of goes, no, we won't. We're all we're all in a mess. Um, so quite a cynical book, but I hope quite funny. So I'm working on those. Um, and then uh, the great thing about being an actor is you never know what else may be around the corner. But if I could do Gentleman Jack and if I could get back on the stage, I'd be very happy. Wow. Um, yeah, look, fingers crossed. that, um, And I think there is a little bit of light <clears throat> at the end of the tunnel. I think fingers, fingers crossed we get back to sort of normality where, you know, you can get back out there and, and do what you're good at. Um, fingers crossed. Um, what's your final song, Vincent? Oh, final song. And um, I gave these to you in no particular order. And I'm not sure I would have ended with this because it's perhaps the um, uh, not the rallying cry that, I, that you'd be expecting from me. Uh, but I really love uh, The Clash and I was not really uh, sure which of theirs to, to choose. It's absolutely the middle of my kind of music era as a uh, given my age. Um, but I think should I stay or should I go is about as good a question as you should ask. And of course, I'm asking it just as I'm about to go. And that was Should I Stay or Should I Go by The Clash and a, a great song to end on. Um Vincent, thank you so much for your time this evening. Um, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing um, your St Albans with us. It's um, an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for asking me. No, it's, it's, uh, I think it's, uh, it's been our pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much, Vincent Frank. My St Albans was presented by Matthew Big. Production editing was by Troy Williams. You can find more local people talking about their lives and the local area in the podcast series. Just subscribe on your favourite podcast platform. If you'd like to support our free podcasts, head to radioverulam.com slash donate. Thank you.